Hello and welcome. This is Social Studies, Voices from Across America. I'm Bill Wood. And I am Peter Goldsmith. The sports world is in flux these days. Pro basketball is over. Pro football hasn't started yet. Baseball is a very regional thing. A lot of people don't care. And the fascination with the World Cup only comes every four years, Peter. So today, though, we're going to take a look at the athletes in all sports who are changing the way we look at them and the way we look at sports in general. Peter, the athlete has become an economic force in cities, in regions, and in industries, haven't they? Absolutely, Bill. Absolutely. Let me say before I begin... uh that I am with you in your studio today in Los Angeles, which is why you can hear how nasal I am, because all the stuff you all have in the air out here is just killing me. But let me get back to where it was. Absolutely, Bill. Uh, The athlete is changing the way we perceive sports, the way we perceive young people, athletes, and the way they are being recognized now in all of society. Going back as far as we want to, all sports were team sports. The Yankees of 1927, the Yankees of 1961. Being the Bo- a New Yorker, the well, Yankees I got are top jump. of mind. Well, you know, or, or the Celtics, uh, the oh, hated Celtics. Good. Or for you, I'll throw you a caveat, <laughs> the Lakers, the greatest show on earth, the greatest show on turf with your Rams, and so forth and so on. Not so much the case anymore today, and especially in the world of professional basketball. You know, the thing that we've laughed about this before where people, what we were just saying, we cheered for the laundry, we cheered for the Yankees, the pinstripes, we cheered for the Rams helmets, we cheered for the Celtic green, and whoever you cheered for, you cheered for that team. But now it's changed radically where we cheer for the athlete because the athlete has more freedom of movement. They Even just this recently, Cristiano Ronaldo has changed teams, and he's gone from uh, Real Madrid, Madrid to Juventus. To Juventus. So you know, it, it, he has his fans worldwide, so they don't care who he plays for. But he plays for; they cheer for him wherever he is. The same with LeBron. He started with the Cavaliers. He went to Miami. He went back to Cleveland, and now he's in Los Angeles. And he, but he brings with him millions of people. I I made some notes here, and it's funny to to think back on this stuff. The first player in sports to ever make $10,000, which happened in 1913, was Ty Cobb. Yeah, now people get $10,000 a piece. They don't don't even wake up for $10,000 now. Okay, the the first person to make $100,000 was not so long ago, but pretty long, Joe DiMaggio. The first person to make a million dollars was Catfish Hunter. So, you know, those are numbers that in those days were enormous. There was a guy, excuse me, there was a guy, Derek Sanderson, who played hockey for the Rangers, maybe, and he got a million. He was the first hockey player to get a million dollars, and he was broke two years later. And they they asked him the great line, where'd the money go? He said, fast booze and fast women, you know, and it was gone, you know. But they're not like that anymore. No, you know, these no. young athletes are very, very... I did a, uh, a, a program uh, with two really noble human beings. One is Satch Sanders, former a basketball player for, for the Celtics, uh, coached at NYU. I believe he also coached at Harvard. I'm not positive about that. But he and Richard Lapchick, and Richard Lapchick is someone who started the uh, Center for the Study of uh, Sport and Society up in the Northeastern. I don't know where Richard is now. I haven't spoken to him. 
but we did things about uh, trying to enlighten and teach young athletes who came from college into the professional ranks how to manage their money. How a young boy who is 18 or 19 years old, who's making, you know, supposedly nothing, but actually a little bit of money, laundry money and so forth in college, uh, now is being given an NBA contract or an NFL or an MLB or NHL, whatever. And now they have all this money. How do you handle it? As a young guy of 18, 19, 20, 21, how do you get into that head? And, and Richard was, was creating a program for that so these guys could put some money away and, and could live a lifestyle based upon their money. Also, just another thing uh, to, to, to compliment Richard on, he also created something, and I don't remember the name of the actual program, but in the consortium of many of the colleges, if you played varsity sports, you could go back at any point and get your degree, which you probably didn't get. So we, we were talking about that. But now we jump ahead to this era where these guys are no longer worried about buying a car or buying a house for their mother, which a lot of the young fellas did. Uh, they're interested in buying the movie business. They're interested in buying half the real estate in Los Angeles. And and as you pointed out to me before we got on, with Kevin Durant, uh, a major Silicon Valley investor. That's absolutely true. In fact, there was a great story in Sports Illustrated a few years ago where they talked about the number of athletes who went broke in all sports, who left, and I think it's Within five years, if I remember right, five and a half years, they're bankrupt. I mean, literally, financially bankrupt. They're gone. Uh, there's a. It was another great story on ESPN, the magazine, I think two years ago, where, or at least a year ago, where they uh, outlined what LeBron is doing with his money, and Durant has taken it a step further, but LeBron. They, they talked about the difference between him and Michael Jordan, who was a, uh, an archetype for athletes making money. He and Magic, they knocked down the door. But they talked about when um, Jordan did a movie, uh, they, they got him a movie in Space Jam, I think it was. And when LeBron worked out a movie deal, did a movie for, I think, Warner Brothers, he got a five-picture deal right. out of the thing. It right. wasn't like, right. you know, gee, thanks, LeBron. LeBron negotiated, and he had an another one of the great investments. And we're talking about investments. It's not just regional money. It's not personal money where Catfish got a million or Ty Cobb got 10000 whatever. Derek Sanderson got a million. Now we're talking about athletes who are changing industries. And I think that is... Uh, fascinating to me. Uh, Magic did the, has done the same thing. He's got deals with uh, fast food, with restaurants, with Starbucks, movie theaters. Movie theaters. Yeah. Uh, Jordan owns the Charlotte Hornets basketball team. Right. Uh, he, that alone makes him a billionaire. All the shoes that he sold uh, makes him, you know, another billion probably. Uh, but. Jordan has um, not had the same kind of development in his financial plan that LeBron has had. LeBron, for example, put a million dollars, I think, into a pizza a startup, and now that million has is worth like thirty plus thirty to fifty million because the company has expanded and so forth. So this is what 
guys are doing with their money now instead of giving it to fast women and fast food. Yeah, entrepreneurial things that they didn't hear before. You know, it's funny because I read an article which you sent me where Kevin Durant talks about how many startups he's funded uh, from anywhere from 200000 up to a million dollars and how active he is in investing. And he, one of the, the guy asked him, w- when do you talk about this? And he said, in the locker room. A lot of these guys are now entrepreneurial investors. And he mentioned a guy, Andre Iguodala, who's a terrific basketball player. He said, he's a ferocious investor. He's a tycoon. And so, you, you, you know, you think about, okay, here's a guy, you know, a normal guy's been in the league, whatever he's been in the league, you know, seven, eight years. Great player making, you know, nine, 10 million a year, which we'll discuss in a minute. Uh, that's great. No, this guy's taking his money and he's investing in it. He didn't say in what, but it'd be interesting to find out in what. But these guys are very intelligent. They're very knowledgeable about it. And and the most important thing that I think they do is they bring people into them who are, this is their business. As Kevin Durant said, this is not, I don't wake up one morning and go, I think I'm going to buy 200 shares of XYZ. No, he's talking to people who do this for a living all the time and follow this stuff and watch this stuff and have built charts and algorithms and all these things where they know what's going to happen and they go into it that way. So these guys are changing the way athletes and I think it's fair at this point uh, in our development to call an athlete a celebrity because they they are celebrities. You know, uh, somebody, uh, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, I don't care who, Mike Trout, you know, whoever you want to name, walks into a restaurant. It's the same as a movie star walking into a restaurant. It is that. Yeah, well, TMZ has created a TV show around you know, t- TMZ Sports, yeah. where they follow them at a restaurant just like they do with movie stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So these young guys are really redefining the place of an athlete in society, and they're redefining it in a quiet way. Many of these people, uh, and I'm not going to mention names, but I was told this years ago that a certain baseball player made it his business to take every child of a deceased uh, worker at the World Trade Centers in New York to dinner, not en masse, three or two or four at a time and spend time with them and do that and did not want it known, which is why I'm not mentioning who it was. But you know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff is going on. I remember the great Muhammad Ali going to the Hebrew home for the aging in Riverdale, New York, and leaving uh, a $250,000 check as a donation that people didn't know about till 10 years or 12, whatever, 15 years later. That's what these young guys are doing. They're beginning to see their place as social figures. No disrespect to Mr. Charles Barkley, they are role models. They really are, and they're good role models. You mentioned LeBron. I remember hearing uh, that LeBron was living with a woman and he had some children with her and thought it was, and, and obviously loved her and wanted to become, you know, not to uh, married her because he thought, you know what, I should be married. I'm a role model. People should see that you should be married with children and so forth. And he believed in that and he did it. Didn't make an issue of it. Didn't make a big deal of it. Just went and did it. And, you know, hopefully, at this point still is living happily ever after. And I'm now a Laker fan, by the way. <laughs> I hope beyond all hope that guys like LeBron, Durant, uh, Iguodala, Curry, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, and other athletes like them in all sports are able to be a role model for other athletes. So when new guys come into the locker room and uh, see that they 
you know, it used to be if a guy bought an apartment building or some land somewhere or invested in uh, something to protect his tax, you know, a, a herd of cattle or something like that, then everybody was happy with that. They, and that's how a lot of them lost their money because unscrupulous people took it from them. But now, uh, you know, again, we mentioned Durant and LeBron are closer to their actual money uh, where LeBron has uh, the three guys he grew up with are covering all of it and he has faith in them to, uh, you know, Maverick Carter and, uh, oh, uh, Paul, I can't think of his first name, uh, but uh, these guys are guys, you got fellows that you grew up with, I certainly do, and you would trust them more than you would some people in your family. So that's what he's done, and I'm sure Durant has people like that too, where he has confidence in them. So in the middle of the season, when he's traveling, and I think he mentioned something in the article, uh, that if he's in Southern, if he's in Northern California, Right next to Silicon Valley, it's easy to take a meeting, even on a game day, as opposed to telling these people that when I come here from Oklahoma, let's get together for dinner. Exactly. That's exactly what he did say. Exactly. And you know what's interesting? And you mentioned this to me the other day when we were talking. Shaq is really rich because of the big contract that he signed. But but the guy that put his name on the check is wealthy. You know? And I think that's what these young guys are looking at. Becoming wealthy in the sense of generational wealth. Yeah, yes. generational wealth because they're wealthy. You know, that's a, that's a good point. You know, we should break this down for a minute because uh, when we talk about numbers, especially I'm a sports fan, you're a sports fan. You know, well, he's only getting 12 million. I mean, he's worth 18 million. Well, here's what 12 million is. You know, it's 112,000 a year for 100 years. Okay, so in other words, that's what I'm saying. You you start to break this stuff down uh, and you realize, hey, wait a minute. You know, uh, uh, one of the best, I think it was DeAndre Jordan turned down 24.1 million to go play somewhere else. Well, that's 2.4 million for 10 years or 240,000 for 100 years. So I'm going to say to you, DeAndre, if you sign this contract, you, your son, your grandson and your grandson's grandson are, are covered. You know, it's a whole different thing that we don't understand this stuff anymore. We don't really, the numbers are so gigantic that we tend to just categorize, oh, he's making this and he's making that. She's making, women, thank goodness, are starting to make some money now, WNBA, and and especially the LPGA. They're earning money as well, not nearly as much as the men. sisters in tennis. Serena and and Venus, absolutely. There are some, and they're not as up to men. But the point being, these people are thinking larger now. They're understanding their place in that without LeBron James, without Kevin Durant, you could name 10 other people, you don't have an NBA. Nobody's really watching a team sport without celebrity all-stars. They're not. Baseball, the same thing. National Football League, the same thing. Uh, So this is really changing, and they're taking control of their lives the way athletes have never taken control of their lives. The point being, in those days, uh, sports was a job. You know, it was a salaried position, a good salaried position with a lot of uh, perks, but it wasn't what it is today. It's changed today, and it's changed because people like us want it to change. 
Nobody's paying Steph Curry. I think he's on a five-year deal for $209 million. I believe that's correct. So he's making $41 million a year. God bless him. Uh, if he wasn't earning more than $41 million for the Golden State Warriors, he wouldn't be getting paid $41 million. It's an economic choice, and it's people like us, sports fans like us, who will pay uh, for tickets, who will buy the gear, and so forth. We mentioned a term a few minutes ago, generational wealth. I think that's let's, – let's pause for a minute because uh, – and a lot of the athletes are starting to go beyond – I got mine, you get yours. But this is a change. It hit me many years ago, back in the 70s. I had one night I spent an evening with Jimmy Smith, the great uh, organ player, uh, master of the B3. And if you don't know, look it up. He's one of the best he sure uh, is. musicians in history. But he was talking about an album that he did, Walk on the Wild Side, classic piece of music. Bought 75 families out of poverty. Yeah. Out of, that's generational yeah. wealth. Yeah. And uh, 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 great Chris Rock, the comedian, that talks about wealth and rich, he said, wealth you can't get rid of. You know, if, if the great line I'll always remember, if Bill Gates woke up one morning and had Oprah's money, he'd jump off the building. Right. Because <laughs> there's that much difference yeah. in you know how much money they have. Yeah. So um, these athletes now are starting to uh, get generational money that uh, they it's practically impossible for them to be unwealthy again or anybody in their downline. And, and they're taking steps even to protect what they have so that you know, they are changing industries. LeBron has uh, TV shows that he has produced. Uh, I saw over the weekend that um, Dale Earnhardt Jr., a NASCAR driver, is listed as an executive producer on a new TV show that's coming out on, uh, I think, the History Channel. All athletes in whatever industry who are making this money are taking steps to protect it and to have that money work for them instead of putting it in a bank and getting 1% or getting uh, 10% in the stock market where they're taking calculated risks and making 10, 20, doubling their money on some of their investments. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. And you know, they're thinking of other people, as you mentioned before. That's the real key here. You know, uh, all the people we... I'm using now LeBron James metaphorically. It could be any of the names that we've mentioned. LeBron can say, fine. Give me my $38 million a year, and uh, I'm, I'm fine. And my family's fine forever. That's not what he's about. He's about creating something. About creating something that you just said, the pizza restaurant chain. Putting hundreds of people to work. About uh, starting production companies. Putting hundreds of people to work. All of these things are important to these guys. At least I hope they will. They appear to be. And I think that's really great to have these young guys moving up and talking about what's important to them. You know, months ago, you and I did some podcasts uh, about young people taking over this anti-gun movement. And both of us were thrilled about it. And, and, and they're still continuing. Good for them. You know, Godspeed, so to speak. But I think the same thing 
something is going on monetarily with these young guys, these athletes. They're saying, you know what? Yeah, we have ours, but we want everyone to get theirs or as many as can. And that's what we're involved in. You know, uh, we have all these details about you know, should we build a new stadium? Should we not build a new stadium? And this is going to happen. That's going to happen. What they've really found out is that building a new stadium doesn't help anybody. It, it has the economic impact on a city the same way a large department store does. Uh, what really has the impact is the players inside the stadium doing what they do. The stadium doesn't bring in people. It can maybe for the first, you know, portion of it, first year at the most. After that, it's not about that. After that, it's those guys generating excitement, entertainment, and people picking up on it, and picking up on the way they live their lives. You know, with cell phones now, with all the uh, social media, everybody knows what LeBron James eats for breakfast. Everybody knows what uh, Aaron Judge, another Yankee, uh, you know, uh, where he goes, what club he goes to, and so forth and so on and so on. So these guys are careful about that. Uh, they're, they're directed, they're focused. And I think it's a wonderful thing for society. I really do. I think it's interesting, the more the young people get involved in making society better, the better society we're gonna have. I don't begrudge one athlete or celebrity any money they can make. And I, I think no one should, because the old thing, well, teachers only get, yeah, teachers should get five times what they get at least, you know, but they don't. But it's nothing to do with the athletes. You know, the teachers don't earn the kind of money that the athletes earn. I hate to say that because, I, you know, as you know, I, I teach part-time at a college. But you know what? We need to be realistic about that stuff and understand that in this society, and we're not going to get into why at this time anyway, those people are the big earners. At least they're doing proper and good things with it. There's two things that come to mind immediately. One is that nobody's spending $2,500 a seat to go in and watch a teacher teach history right. or to watch you teach your production class. Right. That, that's not happening. Years ago, when Fernando Valenzuela pitched for the uh, Dodgers, there was another 10,000, 12,000 people who came to watch him pitch. He deserves to have a piece of that action. Yeah. And if they, if they don't, then they ought to strike because if people are paying to see me, I ought to get a piece of the action. Yeah. What I always laugh about when you're talking about $2,500 seats, Yankee Stadium has several. So you, you can say to your sweetheart, uh, I'd like to take you to the Yankee game. It's going to cost 5000 for seats. Or I can take you to Bermuda for the week. <laughs> What's your yeah, choice? You yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, we all love uh, Aroldis Chapman, but not, not that much. Let's go, let's go to Bermuda, honey. LeBron has taken kids, paid for their educations, promised that everyone who graduated from high school and wanted to go to college, that he would pay for their college. And some of those kids are now graduating from college. Their families are now ob obtaining generate. Maybe some of their people have never graduated from college before. That's generational change. All because some guy who might be diminished from somebody who's just looking at him and saying, well, he's just a guy who was blessed by God to be able to do what he's doing. Maybe he realizes that he's not just taking his money and buying bigger houses and bigger cars and more trips and so forth. 
he's actually doing something to change the lives of people who grew up like him and their lives will never be the same because of the money you spent for that $2,500 to go see LeBron James play basketball. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. Absolutely. This is what we're talking about, you know, bringing it all the way around to helping the community. That's what this is about. If you're making that money, in my opinion, you have a responsibility to help the people around you. you. You may not feel that way. And if you don't, it's valid. I think you do. I think everybody should feel that, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a delicatessen owner, whether you work in a retail shop, whether you're a physician or an attorney, whatever it is, you have, a, you, have a, you, know, you have to give back. That's how we make things better. We always talk about making our country better. We live in the greatest country in the world. We're extremely divisive right now. Fine. You know, let's figure it out. Let's figure the right way to go. We'll figure it out. Leave us alone. We'll figure it out. We're fine. And these guys are leading the way. Let's not, let's stop harping and carping on, he just dribbles a basketball. No, he does a lot more than dribble a basketball. Yeah, yeah. or he's an SOB because he doesn't salute the flag the way I want him to salute yeah. the flag. Yeah. You know, all of yeah. that is, is insane uh, when these guys are actually, and for years... Uh, the guys didn't make that kind of money. But now that they are, there's a significant number who are stepping forward. I have one person who's a distant relative in my family who uh, was signed by the Rams years ago, the greatest show on turf. He played, won the Super Bowl there with, with, uh, with that team. When he signed out of college, uh, his grandfather, my uncle, set him aside who's a very wealthy man in new york had a, a a real estate business set him down and say all right you're going to put these many millions doing this you're going to put these many millions doing that and you're going to set aside and i'm not going to have you broke like we talked about in and you get finished yeah. after five years yeah we're talking about it now because uh there are athletes like kevin durant like lebron james like andre iguodala like steph curry who are taking their money putting it aside and setting themselves up and setting others up to have to experience and to have uh riches if not generational wealth. Yeah, education, riches, job potential, all the things that they normally wouldn't have had had these people not stepped in and created an opportunity. Lula. And more power to them. Absolutely, you know, 100%. I, I praise them uh, for, one, being willing to do it and uh, being able to do it and actually pulling it and off. And actually pulling it off, exactly. Yeah, good. I agree. We, we've talked about, we've touched on it. I encourage you uh, to Google um, LeBron James, ESPN, the magazine. I think Pablo Torre was the writer on that piece. It was a couple of years ago. Brilliant piece. I, I, it opened my eyes. And Kevin Durant, I don't know who the writer was, but I think it's another ESPN piece. They are, they're having a series now of... Uh, athletes who are changing uh, the world around them and google those two pieces take a look and pay attention yeah not that you need me to say this but don't buy the $2,500 seat to Yankee Stadium <laughs> go to Bermuda for the week and, and look at the newspaper you'll see if your team won so join us again social studies voices across America I'm Bill Wood take care of each other 
respect each other. I'm Peter Goldsmith. Peace. <laughs>